think the biggest thing that I, and even when I was younger, I didn't, you know, I didn't think about it. How many hats the operator wears? He goes out, reads meters. He goes out, fixes leaks. Big question is, uh, you know, why can't we get operators? And biggest thing I see is nobody talks about the operator in a good sense. You know, nobody thinks about how vital he is to that whole community. And, you know, kind of appreciative people need to be for that operator because a lot of them, they're in it because they care. Welcome back to Small Talk with Communities Unlimited, the podcast meant to empower communities. I'm Chris Baker. I'm your host, and we're in Oklahoma today talking to our Oklahoma environmental team. So one of the things that I want to jump into, and I always find this so fascinating, more so than you guys know, is how you got to where you're at and why water and wastewater and why Communities Unlimited. Bradley, I know a little bit of your backstory, but could you tell people kind of how you wound up doing what you do and why you're here and why you do it and all that kind of stuff, man. So I, I've i always had the want to help. And I got into water and waste wastewater uh, as an inspector for Indian Health Services. Worked with them, helping out with uh, Native American homes um, as well as communities. And then I was also uh, worked for a city for a while uh, as an inspector. And my dad actually worked for community. He started out with CRG transitioned into CU. So I'm kind of a second generation CU employee, you know, hearing him talk about the impact he made and not only on like water and sewer, but he also helped. There was some communities, they they needed police cars or fire trucks. And, you know, he, he helped find funding for them to get police cars and fire trucks because they they didn't have the money to get them. And they basically didn't didn't have any. So when you know the opportunity came to come to see you and and seeing what he, impact he'd made and everything that really piqued my interest to be able to go in and you know help these towns who don't necessarily have all the funding they need. You know they try to look out for the citizens of the town and you know they don't want to raise rates any more than they have to just to cover their basics. But you know when something big happens they don't have the funding so it's kind of neat to go in and make an impact that is a lasting impact i mean if you don't have water you don't have anything um so has it been interesting for you with your you brought up your dad and he did it for quite a while right yeah has it been interesting for you to uh you obviously share the same last name you're talking about building trust you're working in a similar area right that's got to have been a interesting uh, process for you yes and there's a lot of towns they'll you know reach out to see you they'll get my name and i'll call them or make the site visit or what have you and it'll take them a minute but they'll say Pittman, you know are you related to arthur well just a little bit (laughs) (laughs) and Uh and so when i talk to him about everything i I always tell him i said you know it's 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 kind of a double-edged sword because i get that trust from them from them knowing him, but then I also get the years that he of experience he had. They 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 think that just because I'm his son, I have that same experience, and I don't. You know, I have to tell him now. You know, <laughs> I don't have thirty plus years. You mean your dad didn't talk water and wastewater with you when you were growing up? All oh, the time? he did. He did. But <laughs> he you didn't know, say, "Son, this yeah. is." Your- <laughs> <laughs> he. I mean, he did, but you know, it's just it's 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 kind of funny how. 
I have to tell him, you know, wait just a minute. Let me <laughs> do some research. Let me get my bearings. Um, but it's 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 really neat. I've in my going on two years um, with CU, I have made lots of um, contacts that he's previously worked for, and shows me how big an impact he made, um, how much he cared. And that also kind of makes me think, oh, I have big shoes to fill <laughs> with that name. But, yeah, it's it's really neat having that trust kind of already there. Yeah, that's cool, man. I mean, that's a, I would imagine, a fairly unique situation, right? And yeah. like you said, it's a double-edged sword. It's like being Michael Jordan's son in a way, right? You know, like you got to play basketball. That's an interesting dynamic. So thanks for sharing that. Lucas, uh, I'm going to ask you a real simple question just to let you roll with it, man. Why water and wastewater? Well, because to be honest with you, I, I fell in love with it 20 some odd years ago. I, I was actually, I was looking for a job at the time. You know, I was just a young kid. I'd working in some factories around home and just wasn't working out. So I, you know, I got a job at the little utility department there in the town that I lived in and uh, just grew on me. So, so much so that I, uh, you know, started off in that small town as a meter eater and sometimes, you know, we was over the, the garbage as well. So I'd fill in riding the trash truck and uh, move my way up through there to the point to where I was eventually running the uh, the wastewater treatment plant we had and, and loved it, you know, just new learning process. So spent 18 years there, started off at the bottom, worked my way up to being the manager at one point. From there, you know, I, I love the town I work for, don't get me wrong there, but I, I wanted to keep growing in, in the uh, water and wastewater field. So I took a job with Oklahoma Rural Water Association that was opened up at the time, and I got to uh, take all the learning that I'd already got with the new learning there, you know, from training and stuff, and I got to start traveling the state of Oklahoma. And uh, that really opened some doors for me to see, you know, sometimes you're kind of blind to what's going on in these systems unless you work there, you know. I mean, I pretty much 18 years worth of knowing exactly what was going on in mine, you know. But then I start traveling around the state of Oklahoma and just seeing the state of disrepair of some of these systems are in and thinking, you know, not really having the know-how to help them fix their situation, but trying to figure out how they got there because my situation was a little more unique, you know. We was we were in better shape than most, and that's not just bragging it was just just partial just Cherokee Nation helped through the years and just different things different entities and just knowing who to talk to for help and to top it off just always having just some of the greatest operators working with me and then later for me and once you get them great operators like that you know and a lot of towns have great operators don't get me wrong and then you, you see that care and with that care you see better ran systems you see better infrastructure for, for me i why do i care because i've got to drink this water and if i go to a neighboring town and go eat i'm still drinking that water mainly I, for the safety I want people to have the knowledge of what this water is capable of if you don't have these operators out here taking care of it. A lot of people, you know, they'll turn that tap on, that water's there. They ain't praising you for it when it's on. Let it be off for two minutes. There's just not a lot of, uh, not a lot of public education on the on it out there and you know I think that's something that I've been trying to do in my time especially since I left working as an operator I've been trying to spread that education across the state of Oklahoma while also traveling to different states working a hurricane one time you know it's just for me I want the best for all these communities and you start with the water and wastewater these guys public health professionals and they touch every single life in any town or rural America you're in. You take away the water, you take away the school. 
you take away the school, you take away the town. And I guess what I'm saying with that, with the water quality month coming up, is I just want to thank all the operators out there, you know, every day who are out there 24-7 keeping it going. And like I said, I just want to praise them just like the, the police departments and the fire departments because without them, those two departments aren't necessary. Yeah, they're not going to happen. How are you going to have a fire department without water, right? Yeah, it, it, water operators to me, um, I, gosh, I, it's so weird because I never – thought about that position you know you don't get the praise all the time at the at the meetings probably not in the parade but uh, <laughs> but by gosh none of that happens without that person without that role it's crazy to me we've got to figure out a way to bring thanks to those people who are doing that job man i agree with you 100 percent tammy she must have started this job in water and wastewater she's about 10 years old because she's been doing it for about 23 years <laughs> <laughs> have you been in oklahoma your entire career Yes, my entire life. Okay. So, let's talk about why you're still involved in this area and why you maybe you've focused towards this area in that time. Water and wastewater, why? Well, I think that uh, the segue that Lucas provided is perfect because without water, nothing else grows. So, my degree is actually in regional planning and... When I was in college, I had dreams of grandeur of building buildings and businesses and in a macro situation. But as life has occurred, I ended up in microcosms instead. <laughs> and um, we've lived across the northern sphere of Oklahoma, all the way from the northeast edge to west of Woodward, and water quality is quite different in western Oklahoma than it is in eastern Oklahoma. So with my degree, I was interested in community development to start with. Um, infrastructure begins with water and wastewater. You can't do anything without it. Throughout the years, I have had an amazing relationship with the tribal communities, and I have heard and learned, processed, and believed the um, idea of seven generations is real. This is not about us. It's not about our children, nor our grandchildren. This is about seven generations beyond us. It's about leaving this place in a better place than where we found it. It's about sustaining a non-ubiquitous resource so that our earth can be whole and healed to sustain the life that comes beyond us and, frankly, seven generations beyond our imagination. I base this belief in biblical perspective because I am a Christian. The Bible talks about water being life and life-giving. So my spiritual beliefs are in line with the seven generations. The reason that I want to be here is not for me, and frankly, in spite of my love for them, it's not for my family. It's really what I consider my mission in serving others. Because by serving them today, it will serve the seventh generation beyond my lifetime. So August is Water Quality Month. Lucas, Bradley, is there anything that uh, you guys would want to share as a tip or, or a commonality? maybe, that you see over and over when it comes to water quality? Is there something that you'd like people to know? And, and think about, like, you know, if you were talking to your neighbor who doesn't know anything about water, you know, is there anything you'd like them to know? Yeah, there is actually. A, a lot of times, you know, in the water just industry itself, you get a lot of uh, complaints, 
maybe the color of the water. Sometimes that's uh, not necessarily something the operator has done or can fix. And sometimes that's an infrastructure issue. What we're doing here, you know, helping assist with grants and different things along those lines is trying to help upgrade this not only aging, but in many places failing infrastructure you know it, it's ran its course for a lot of systems it's time to raise rates to pay for that along with that comes a little dismay from the community at times you know you're going to hear about it and that's okay just in my experience in the long term right on your end with raising these rates and new income and you're, you're you're seeking this grant funding you're responsible for fixing this aging infrastructure that'll cut out a lot of the problems you know a lot of times there's operators get blamed and just different people feel the blame for things that may be out of their hand. Is, is, is what you're trying to say is, it, uh, is that you would like people to know about, but is, it, is what you're saying is that you'd like them to know that there's actual people behind that process that may be dealing with something that isn't, it's not news to them and they've been maybe screaming from the mountaintops for a while, but the only reason they're being heard is because now it's a problem for everybody? Yeah, sometimes what you don't see, you don't know. I encourage, I would like the general public, I would encourage them all to, uh, if you have concerns about the water quality where you live, the whether you live in a town that has a municipality or out in the middle of nowhere on a rural water district, every system every year is required to do a consumer confidence report. And on that report, it, it gives you, you know, any violations the system had during that particular year. And that's what I try to tell people. If, you, if you're concerned about the quality of your water, a good means to start if talk to your, your system, you know, talk to, the, uh, talk to the operator if you can. You know, sometimes what may look like a water quality issue as far as health purposes isn't, won't affect your health could be lead back to the infrastructure or the source of the water or the time of the year can affect the smell of the water depending on if your lake's turning over. Just so many variables in that, you know, water quality is very vast. Depends on your location. You may be testing for seven things a month. You may be testing for a hundred. This is a this is a great time to be alive in the, the water industry to uh, to move this seven generations like Tammy's talking about. I just encourage everybody to try to make the best of this funding that is available. Bradley, what uh, anything you want to add there, man, or anything you want to talk about? What, what what about if I ask you this, Bradley? If there's one thing you would like people to know about their water, what would that be? I think the the, the biggest thing that I that even when I was younger, I didn't you know I didn't think about it. How many hats the operator wears? You know, everybody sees, especially in a small town, the water operator is probably he goes out reads meters he goes out fixes leaks you know most of the time big question is uh you know why can't we get operators why uh, you know there's like a shortage and biggest thing i see is nobody talks about the operator in a good sense it's always when the water goes out they're talking bad about the operator or they see him out there digging a trench you know nobody thinks about how vital he is to that whole community or whole county because if he messes up just a little bit really bad things are going to happen and you know kind of appreciative people need to be for that operator because a lot of them they're in it because they care they're definitely not in it for the money you know and they're out 24 7 365 they're they're out there whether there's three inches of ice or six foot of snow or 115 degrees out you know they're out there trying to make the water quality healthy enough for people to, to drink and use. Tammy, since you've been in Oklahoma working 
with communities for so long. I, I wonder if, if there's anything that you want to add to the perspective of someone that's been doing it for a few years. Uh, is there anything that we've missed that you want us to cover? I think Bradley touched on it today, Chris. And Lucas gave a great scenario to it in that we want to make sure that we pass on the knowledge of what actually happens at these water and wastewater systems. So often one person has been the operator for numerous years and when they decide to retire, the knowledge goes away with them. So we want to be sure to pass on the gift of knowing what's going on within these water systems, whether it is structurally, operationally, mechanically, billing, office, all of this knowledge needs to be organized well enough for it to be passed on to the next generation. And that has become an issue. Number one, operators aren't paid like they should be. And so why would anyone want to pursue a career where they can't even make but barely minimum wage? And they are, I've come to realize since working at CU, they're a bit of a chemist they're a bit of a mathematician. They're a mechanic. They are a problem solver. They have to get people to cooperate well enough to go to the hardware store and get the part and talk them into allowing that last $10 in the bank account. $9.99 of it needs to be utilized for that. While they're not getting money for themselves, they're dedicated to making that system work together with the others that help operate it. So I think that's the one thing that I'd like to say about water quality is we need water quality within the systems for us to be able to help produce quality water. You know, you were talking about passing on knowledge and one of the things that kind of came to my head was that we live, we live in a world today where it's all about technology. How quickly can this change? And you know what doesn't change? It's water. Water doesn't change. It, it doesn't matter how fast your computers are. It doesn't matter if you're flying in cars. It doesn't matter if we're talking to robots all day. Everybody's still got to have water. Um, and I want to say something before we wrap this up, you guys. I, You guys are all very humble and you are passing the praise on to the water operators and in and, and, and that world. But you guys, the job you guys do is vital in that as well. And I I think you all deserve that praise as well. And the knowledge that you're talking about, the knowledge that you guys have, that you're willing to pass along to those people, that you're willing to go into a community, Bradley, and help, the fact that you have that mindset, it doesn't go missed. I'm not missing it. I think you guys deserve that as well. Thank so, you. That's very kind. I would just like to put that out there because it uh, it's a vital role that I have discovered. I didn't know anything about before I started working here. But <laughs> don't you think that to be a success at CU, that is the mindset you need, yeah. is to be able to help others and really take pride in the work that we do. Do you have a favorite water district? No, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to ask you that. <laughs> uh, uh, the one that we drink from most often has to be our favorite. <laughs> okay, maybe the more interesting question is, do you have a least favorite? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding, y'all. Hey, thanks for joining us for another episode of Small Talk. I, I really appreciate you guys' time, and I really appreciate your openness to discuss your job. I know it's not the most comfortable situation for everybody because at the end of the day, you guys are doers not talkers and so that's a unique flip you know that's a switch that you don't flip that often so i appreciate your time in doing that all right thank you thank, so you. thank you we'll see you next week with another episode of small talk with communities unlimited mm-hmm.